Hey, welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I'm Zach, and I am blessed to be sitting here with my friend Richard once again. How you doing, man? I'm good. How about you? I'm good, dude. Right. Uh, it's awesome to have you back. Uh, Richard has been on once before. Should have been twice before, but mm-hmm. we ran into some technical difficulties. We recorded like a full great hour of talking, and then I couldn't salvage the audio. It's the <laughs> only time that's ever happened, and so I owed you one. I had to get you back on here, man. That's good. That's you are okay. the man. So, yeah. Um, yeah, when I reached out to you, uh, we were just kind of going through some you know various topics we could go over on the podcast, and uh, you threw one out there that I really think is going to go well with what we're talking about right now, okay. and that's... Uh, our position in Christ. In Christ, right? yeah. And uh, yeah. Here, here at New Hope, um, at church, our sermon series right now is all about living in the light. It's all about First John. Yeah. And, uh, and man, when you said that, I was like, ooh, that's perfect because that's going to be fresh on my mind, you know? And so, uh, you know, this isn't necessarily connected to what we're doing at the church, but uh, it kind of is in a way. Yeah. And so I, I thought that would go along well with at least our congregation of listeners. So Okay. Okay, yeah, so that that... that that's like I was saying earlier, this topic is quite dear to my heart because, you know, it speaks to the fact that many other Christians who have been born again all right, but they don't even know what it is. Right. They don't know what comes with it. Mm-hmm. So we just live our life in, in anyhow. So your main theme, which is living in the light, I think if a Christian knows who he or she is in Christ, he or she will be able to live in the light. Right. So that's why I, so this kind of, uh, uh, saying that the believer's position in Christ, you say it's kind of subtopic to your main theme. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's kind of hard to live out your calling if you don't even know who you're supposed to be, right? Yeah. Who yeah. you are now, who your yeah. new uh, identity is in mm-hmm. Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I have some, some notes here. If I see me looking down, then that's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's so, totally fine, man. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, so to start off, I was I would take our mind back to First uh, Thessalonians five twenty three. Paul was kind of praying to the saints and was saying something about the spirit, the body, uh, the spirit, the soul, the body. Mm-hmm. Now that tells me that humans are kind of tripartite or three in one. Yeah. What we usually say, okay, Trinity, but I don't want to use use Trinity. Not to, to confuse take people, us, right? Yeah. yeah. So we we are three. We have three dimensions. Okay. We are spirit first. We are spirit first and foremost. Most we are spirit, and then we have souls, or we have a soul, uh-huh. and then we live in this physical body. Right. That's our nature. So, to me, you see, if you see a person, that's a spirit. Now, why do we have the body here? This earth is was created for beings, the physical beings, okay? Mm-hmm. So for you to have the legal authority to live on this earth, you need something, a body, a wood, a stone, well, a river. Well, it's kind of like I can't go to outer space unless I'm wearing the right outfit, Exactly, right? exactly. Like our outfit for the physical world yeah. is a physical body. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that, so... I'm a spirit, I have a soul, I live in this body. Why the soul? So that's my, my will, desires, and feelings, emotions, and stuff like that. And that help, helps me, they, they help me to, me as a spirit, to interact with the body, mm-hmm. with a physical environment. So that's how I have the soul. So 
you know, I, I get angry, I get happy, I, I, I love people, people love me, people hate me, I hate people, stuff like that. Right. So, yeah, that, 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 that component helped uh, humans to live on this earth. Yeah. So, we, basically, we are spirit. And so, when you get to know that you are spirit, then you'll be able to know how to live on this earth. Okay, you right. you, are, you are spirit, and you help kind of borrow this body to, to be able to live on this earth. Okay, if, if there's a, okay, so we get to know that. Now, the book of Second uh, Corinthians, chapter mm-hmm. five, verse seventeen. Let's start from sixteen. It says something like, "Henceforth, we don't see anybody as physical person, but as human, because of what's the for Christ is spirit." And so, oh, um, I, did, I I didn't quote you well, but because Christ is spirit, we don't see Christ as a physical person anymore. Therefore, anybody who is in Christ. We don't see the person as flesh anymore, but spirit. Which is actually going back to the original setup, which is originally we were, we were spirit, okay, before soul and body came in. And so when you jump to verse 17 of Second Corinthians 5, it says, Therefore, if anybody is in Christ Jesus, he's a new crea- creature or new creation, something like that. Behold, the old things are passed away. Which tells me that salvation, when salvation occurs, it occurs in the spirit. So it is our spirit which is born again, which is regenerated. Right. Not the soul, nor the body. No, those will pass away, right? Exactly. So that's where the salvation starts. And so when I'm born again, it is my spirit which, is, which has been rekindled or regenerated to get to kind of establish a link to its creator, which is God. Because God is a spirit. And I cannot communicate with God if my, my spirit is dead. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Christ comes in, the Holy Spirit comes in, regenerates our spirit so that we can now, we will not be able to uh, communicate with our creator, which is God, who is the spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a person can be born again. If a person is born again, it is a spirit which is now new. The new man is a spirit. Yeah. Not not the flesh not the flesh. Right. That's why Paul draws a distinction exactly. between the old man yeah. and the new man. Yeah. The old man is the flesh. Exactly. And this new man is this born again spirit, spirit in the flesh. Exactly. So it's like two things kind of fighting against mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. So now to, to get to know who you are, you are now a new spirit, a regenerated spirit. So so going back to how to live in the light, you gotta see yourself as a spirit living in a spirit realm. Yeah. Even though you are, you know, to communicate with people here. Well, so uh, something, just a piece of evidence for what you're saying here. Um, the, the word for spirit in the Bible mm-hmm. is uh, the same as God, yeah. right? It, yeah. It's it's God. It's yeah. uh, Elohim, or at least in the Old Testament. Yeah. And um, Samuel, the prophet, mm-hmm. when he after he dies, mm-hmm. Saul, King yeah. Saul, tries to contact him yeah. through a medium. Yeah. And she... Reaches the the spirit of mm-hmm. Samuel, mm-hmm. and she says, "I see a God coming up out of the earth." <laughs> and it's Samuel; it's not a God; it's just yeah. Samuel. Yeah. And so he is spirit. Yeah. He, I mean, this is a flesh and blood human being, right? Yeah. But now he's died, yeah. and now his spirit comes back, and he's super mad that he's been contacted. Yeah. He's like, "You're not supposed to be doing this. Yeah. You're not supposed to be reaching yeah. out to us." But um, yeah, I mean, like 
so that that is pure evidence that after the body dies, yeah. the spirit lives on, yeah. and it goes yeah. you know somewhere wherever that may be. Yeah, the spirit is eternal, exactly. So to say so. So going back to what I was saying, so there's a reason why people get born again, and uh, it could be even be a pastor, a famous evangelist, something like that, who would maybe falter in life, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's because it is the spirit that is born again, not the human side. Right. And so Paul says that we have to renew our mind to kind of fit the regenerated spirit. Which would which are you comparing the mind to the soul? I mean I mean when I say mind, so the soul, the feelings and everything, mm-hmm. let let me put that side together and say the the what is the flesh. The flesh, yeah. The old man. Yeah. Let me put those Portions together and say that. So the flesh, the the the, the, the flesh and the spirit. Yeah, or sorry, yeah. the flesh and the soul. Something like that. Okay, got yeah. you. So we have to renew our mind to fit the spirit, which is regenerated. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for those of us who who have not been able to do that, uh, those who though we are born again, regenerated spirit, we still do stuff that are not. Let me say. Below par in Christian life. Okay, so we, we're trying to talk about living in the spirit, living in the light, actually. So to be able to live in the light, then you got to know that you are a spirit, which is perfect, regenerated, but live, you live in the a man, an old man, a flesh, which is not regenerated to that level, mm-hmm. which you would have to study the word, expose yourself to the Bible, to get that one to sharp, mm-hmm. as sharp, sharp as possible to kind of be at least if, it, if the spirit is in grade six and the flesh is in grade four, that's not bad. But if your spirit is in grade two or one, that's where we have problems right. all around. So, so, so it's like your spirit's been re- rejuvenated. Your spirit has been renewed. You've yeah. been given a new one. It's in alignment with Christ. Yeah. The question is, is your body it's in your alignment? Body. Um, it makes me think of 1 Corinthians 9.27, where Paul says, no, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. He's bringing his physical self into alignment with who he knows he is. And that's kind of like the whole walk in the light thing, right? Um, That Jesus is shining a light on us and Mm -hmm. showing us, look at your physical self, look at yourself. Are you living with who you say you are, with who you are in me, Mm -hmm. or is your body in this darkness while your spirit yeah. is supposed to be in the light with me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, and uh, Christ knows that uh, we we it takes time, actually. I mean, well, for some people, it would take, let's say, two months, three months, something like that. But others would take years. Yeah. Years to get to know this. So uh, we have to know that to be able to live in the light mm-hmm. the way it's supposed to be. So, yeah. Um, I also say that uh, initially I said that we, we okay so Second Corinthians 6 uh, 17 13, about said that we are in union in union with the spirit mm-hmm. that, that tells me that the regenerated spirit isn't like going to uh, upgrade itself because once you are born again that spirit that is given to you is perfect as Christ w- w- would have it. Because if I'm a, it's justified. Yeah, 
Yeah. If I'm a born, uh, Holy Spirit, I'm holy, and I want to sp- live in somebody's spirit or something like that, I would want to live in a spirit which is also good or perfect. Right. That's what I'm saying. That like, we, we our spirit when you are born again, your spirit is perfect. It's good. No bad thing in there. But the uh, uh, the other side, which is the man, older man, the flesh, mm-hmm. which is where we have issues. And I want to say, use that to say that oftentimes, okay, well, when I was growing up, you know, I heard about other churches who were talking about a saint or saint, people who so-called do good and when they die, they, they make them saints or something like mm-hmm. that. Now I got to know that I am a saint. Yes. I am a saint. Just so, it's holy, set apart. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So my, my spirit is in union with Christ, so I am holy. I'm saint. So to live in the light, that's how I'm supposed to see myself. Yeah. Okay, that's, a, that's a, an aspect of life where Christians, because we are not supposed to write message, we live our life as if we are nothing. Okay, so like I always say that, okay, the, okay Romans says that if the spirit of Christ, if the spirit that raised Christ from dead is in us, mm-hmm. okay, which tells me that if it's the same spirit, so the regenerate spirit that I have is given me is the same one that Paul had. It's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Peter had. Uh, who else? Everybody else. Yeah. So yeah. I may not be a pope or a cardinal or some bishop, maybe living in some village somewhere, but as long as I'm in Christ, I'm as holy as them. Right. Because you yeah. have the same spirit, same spirit that they do. Same spirit. Right. And so, therefore, if I'm walking, if I'm walking on this earth, I should see myself as somebody Christ values so much that he's made me as holy as all those foundational apostles. Well, you know, that's, I think that's part of why Scripture tells us, you know, don't, don't treat someone else differently just because of their status or, yeah. or who, who, you know, yeah. how you think other people see them. Yeah. Because they're no different from you at the no. end of the day. We, we, don't, we don't know any slave or master or black or white in Christ. We have the same 100%. spirit. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And so that should motivate you as a believer to live. Remind yourself, basically, remind yourself that you are in the light every day in your life. Maybe, I mean, every day on a daily basis, you may not even pray like 10% of your life on a daily basis. But still, still, you are, you have a regenerated spirit, which is as holy as everything you can right. think of. And the thing is, if you're truly regenerated, if you've truly accepted yeah. the Holy Spirit um, to be born again, um, you're never going to be a good sinner again. Uh-uh. No. It's not going right. to It's not gonna mesh with you yeah. because your your flesh is going to be at odds yeah. with who you're, you're supposed to be on yeah. the inside now. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you're going to hurt. You're going to hurt for it when you sin. You're going to feel for it. You're never going to love your sin again because it's not going to bring you the satisfaction it did before you knew Christ. I used to belong to a church, a congregation somewhere, where, okay, they said that, okay, one time my son, older son, was looking at kind of vanity, like, how do you call it, this... uh, these uh, magazines that I bought, uh, sold at Walmart and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. Vanity Fair, all yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And one guy said, you're going to hell for looking at that. So he came to tell me. And back then, too, I didn't know much, so we all had to pray about that. 
but now I got to know that. Well, it, it's something that he, sh- he sh- maybe he didn't have, he shouldn't have washed or right. read or something like that. But that doesn't take him out of God's hand. No. Right. Right. And also, that's a judgment call. That's <laughs> exactly. we're, we're not called to make that decision. Yeah. You don't decide if somebody's going to hell. Like, you can tell them what they're doing is wrong. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. That's all you can do. And again, back walking in the light, if somebody doesn't know these things, and maybe the person falters a little bit, like that's something which is not really good. And and he he or she doesn't have this this knowledge. What's going to happen is the person may have to isolate isolate him or herself mm-hmm. from the congregation because he's done something so bad. Mm-hmm. But that's not what it's supposed to be. No. So yes, walking a light, you made a mistake, but Christ says that you already get forgiven. Yeah. So move on. Don't don't stay in that sin. Yes. Just move on. So don't let that. Little, little things, things that you do that for, that you falter or you know the mistake that you make make you think that you are nothing in Christ. Yeah, or to or to force you away from other people. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's just so funny too because you know I think we do tend to think that you know when we find ourselves in maybe a a cycle of sin, yeah. you know, finding ourselves in something that we're having a hard time yeah. getting away from, um, we can feel less than. We can feel like we've fallen and that now we're not worthy. Um, But really, the only people that the Bible says kick them out of the group is the person that's confronted on their sin and they won't admit it. They won't say they're sinning. They won't own it. They won't turn from it. And it doesn't even say they're not a believer at that point. It says, (laughs) hand them over to the devil or hand them over to the world. Yeah. So that they might come back, yeah. that they'll give it up, that they'll exactly. miss the group. Yeah. And so it's like even then, it's like, no, you don't you don't kick people out for sinning. Yeah. You kick people out for refusing to see yeah. their sin, yeah. and you do it so that hopefully they, they will see back. it and come back. And that, so that, that verse is in 1 Corinthians 4, something like that. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, when Paul was writing 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1 to 3 or so, he was addressing them as saints. But he knew that there were people among that church who were fornicating and taking people, their fathers, you know, wives and stuff like that. But he still called them saints. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's like, even though these people are doing stuff that are not really good Mm -hmm. in the the eyes of Paul, and I would say in the eyes of the Holy Spirit, they are saints. And he explains in verse 2 or or 3 in uh, chapter 1, says that. You are saint because you have Christ. Mm-hmm. You are saint because you have Christ. So what makes us righteous or holy isn't what we do, mm-hmm. but Christ being in us. Are we receiving Christ? That's the, uh, the denominator. You know, things that, is, things that separate a saint from unsaint, if I should use that word. Right. So. Uh, if you want. Oh, sorry. I just want to get this uh, verse right. Yeah. In Let's see here. I want to make sure I get this right. So, if we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. Yeah. Notice it doesn't say you're not saved and it doesn't say you're not a believer. Yeah. It says if you say you have fellowship with him yet walk in darkness, you're making a liar out of yourself. Yeah. Not necessarily that you're not 
with him, but you're not living who you're supposed exactly. to be. Yeah. You're like living this fake life that doesn't belong to yeah. you anymore. Yeah. It's so... <sighs> yeah, so uh, uh, Christians, many Christians, I would say about 95% of us are living a lie. A lie in that we are holy people by living like we are not holy people. Mm-hmm. So we are not living our identity. We are not living out our identity, being that we are righteous, we are saints and everything. Mm-hmm. And there are times we fought our right. I understand. But that doesn't make us like on, on saint again or, 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 or like you know, unholy again. Right. So Right. I mean like you have verses, uh, I forget where it's written, but like he that began this good work and you will see it to completion. Like yeah. if you have believed – He's not done with you. Like if you've truly given your life to Jesus, even if you're in a season of doubt and 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 sin, I mean, he's not done working no, on you. No. And maybe this season is what's going to take to to help kick you to the next level to to yeah. really start breathing life into other people and into the world. And, and I think this this are kind of messages that we need to preach more right. to the Christian body. Right. Okay. So. The fact that yes, you made a mistake here and there, mm-hmm. but that that mistake doesn't make you unholy or unchristian or something like that. Right. Very important to me. Right. Because uh, I, I have congregation people come and join us, and they feel like they, they've they've seen so much that they they are irredeemable. Mm-hmm. Who told you that? Mm-hmm. Who told you that? So yeah, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Now, don't get me wrong. I do think that. Uh, like the book of First John, for instance, it does act as a mirror to to go. Did I ever really believe, or yeah. have I, or have I just been playing through the motions and I never? I just wanted yeah. to cop out yeah. um, because I do think that's a possibility too to have like a, a false. Um, how do they say conversion? It? A false conversion yeah. that, that that you didn't really believe it. Yeah. You just kind of yeah. wanted to get out of jail free card. You know what I mean? You yeah. didn't love Jesus. Um, I think that is possible, but I think it's really dangerous to ever say that to somebody because we can't know that. You cannot know that. But yeah. you can look at yourself and say, "Am I living in alignment with Jesus?" Because if I'm not, something needs to change. Yeah. And if I'm not, then I should be concerned. Right. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that I have, you know, lost my salvation or it was never there to begin with. But it's not where I'm supposed to be, yeah. and I do need to be with Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there, there are so many believers. Uh, I don't know how to put it. We've been told that okay, you can you, you hit on something. I mean, we can lose our salvation, things like that. So, and which is a kind of controversial topic among Christians. Sure. But to me, I mean, okay, there's something we call uh, soteriology, right? You know, study about uh, of salvation. We have a sota and soteria. The soda is the s o t e r is the savior, and uh, soteria is the you know the salvation itself. You know, mm-hmm. okay. Now Paul, Paul was a Roman. He was a Roman citizen. Yep. He knew what the words mean or meant back then. A soda is a person, it's like a conqueror, <clears throat> a king, a noble person who conquers a, a, a territory okay. and keeps it. Okay. So a soda provides the soteria. 
the sota the savior provides the salvation salvation but the, the most important thing is that the sota is a king it's a conqueror conquers an area a, a territory mm-hmm. but and provides uh, salvation to the, the people there mm-hmm. but he keeps it it is a sota who manages or maintains that territory now mm-hmm. now as long as the sota is strong enough to maintain his or her, you know, grip on that area. Those people are in, are in his or her hand. Okay, he, he cannot move out. So it, it's on. It's until when somebody who, who is stronger than a soldier comes and conquers that soldier, mm-hmm. then you can. The person can take those people out. So the question to all of us as Christians is that Jesus is our soldier. Who's stronger than Jesus? Who is so stronger than Jesus? So if you can get me somebody who's stronger than Jesus, then I'm all, okay, we can, can lose my, uh, my salvation. And the fact that my salvation is not maintained by me, it is the sota who maintains my salvation. Mm-hmm. He provided it, he maintains it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I just, just, I was just ushered into it. Right. And so if, if, uh, if even me cannot do anything to the sota mm-hmm. to let me go, I don't know if I can lose my salvation. That's how I say it. I'll be completely honest with you. I don't know where I stand on being able to lose your salvation. Yeah. Personally, I, I don't necessarily think you can. Um, but I have always wondered if you can walk away from it. If you can, If you can truly just give it up and stop. I don't know. I don't. I really yeah. don't know. Yeah, it's not easy to know it, it, because there are very good arguments on both sides. Yeah. But I think you just made an excellent argument for for why you couldn't. Um, me and Randy actually did an entire podcast on this, <laughs> and we were both on opposite sides. I was saying no, you can't. He was saying, well, I think you can walk away from it. And uh, these days, man, I really don't know. But what I do know is I'm to stand with Jesus. You know what I mean? And I think we can all agree on that regardless. Um, but, yeah, I, I do like where you're coming from with that. So, how, how could you take away something that Christ has claimed for himself yeah, um, yeah. when you are not stronger than Christ? Exactly. And uh, uh, this guy, I've, I read a book. I listened to a book recently by Matexas. Uh, I forgot the first name. He. Uh, how do you spell that? I think it's Mike. M-A-T-A-X-A-S. M A T A X E S. Yeah. If if not, then M E A. Eric Metaxas. Exactly. Okay. He, he, uh, he wrote a book about evolution. Is evolution dying? Something like that. I forgot the title, but I have it on my Amazon thing. And he kind of listed some big time atheists back in the days, like 16th century, and those people who eventually, on their sickbed, cannot accept a Christ. Okay, so people may even walk out of the faith, so-called, but I, I'm, not, I'm not perturbed. I'm not, I don't give up on them. I know anything can happen before the, their last breath on this earth. Right. So, yeah, you, you quote it from First John or something like that, that they were not one of us anyway in the, in the beginning. Uh, Hebrews. Yeah, Hebrews, okay. Yeah. So, and uh, there are so many verses, like you're saying, people used to say that you can lose your salvation. Uh, Hebrews 6 or so is, a, is one of that. Uh, 
But, and then, uh, what do you call it? Revelations, was it three or something like that? Where Jesus was talking to the Laodicean church that I will spit, spit you out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Okay, in, in both situations, if you re- read it in context, you see that Jesus was referring to works. Mm-hmm. After being saved, your works, what, what are you doing with your works? Okay, and especially with the, in the case of Laodicea, historians tell us that uh, they didn't have a, a direct access to rivers for their waters, so, you know, drinking uh, water, drinking water. So they had to pipe their water from some place to their place. I mean, Jerusalem had a similar system. Mm-hmm. And so before the water gets from the river to the city of Laodicea, it wasn't, was neither cold nor uh, hot because it has been exposed to the sunlight and something like sure. that. And if you, go to, if you visit a, a Laodicean home and they give you such a water, lukewarm water, you spit it out because you don't like it. Mm-hmm. Because you have to give, they live in warm areas, mm-hmm. you have to give visitors a cool, you know, mm-hmm. cold water. And so Jesus, they knew, it, I mean, the people in Laodicea, they know that this is a metaphor or a proverb that describes their situation, that mm-hmm. a Laodicean water is lukewarm, neither hot or cold. And so if you give it to a, a, a visitor, they spit, spit it out. And so when Jesus said that because your work, your works, it's like your water, you are working, you are believers, saved all right, but you're working as if, like this or like that. And because your works is like a lukewarm, I don't like that. Mm. I reject your work or your works. Mm. And people use that to say that because, you know, you say that Jesus will spit you out out of salvation. But it wasn't about salvation. It was about works, not salvation. How, where do you pull works into that? Uh, I'm just curious. Like, how, where's your connection there for anybody listening? Okay. So if, if you read, uh, I forgot the exact uh, if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out. Yeah, so, uh, Revelation 3, something like that. Is that 3 or 4, something like that? Let's find out. Revelation 3.16. Look okay. at you, man. You're on it. Let's start from the beginning. Jesus was talking about works, okay? He wasn't talking about salvation. Revelation 3. Da, da, da. To the angel of the church of Sard- in Sardis write, uh, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God. And the seven stars, I know your deeds. Deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Mm-hmm. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the mm-hmm. sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. The one who is victorious will like them be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my Father and his angels. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Um, to the angel of Philadelphia, right? Let's see here. Probably have to move on to Laodicea's side. But it, oh, Laodicea, here yeah. it is. Um, these are the words of the... Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. Mm -hmm. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. 
I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy it from me, gold refined in the fire, so you can become rich, and white clothes to wear, so you can cover your shameful nakedness, and salve to put on your eyes, so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Okay, so he was talking to a church. I wonder how Christ would say that the whole church is a sinner, so I'm going to get them out of my sight or something like that. He was talking about their deeds, their works. And so if you are working for Christ, it's either one or two. You don't say I'm one and two or something like that. So, but people use that to say that Jesus was talking about salvation. I mean, he even says, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. He's calling you to repentance. Yeah. When he rebukes, it means, it doesn't mean you are are being like taken out of the book or something like that. He's correcting you, basically. Mm -hmm. And he corrects you, brings you back. Into the food. Well, it's sort of it, this. This really goes with First uh, John. The whole: yeah. if we say we have fellowship with mm-hmm. Him, then we must live in the light. Exactly. Because if we live in darkness, yeah. we we lie. Yeah. And He's saying right here: I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and yeah. eat with that person, and they with me. That's fellowship. Yeah. 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 Now, uh, in Ephesians chapter one, verse thirteen, two, it says that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Sealed. Now, it's legal this, talk. The same. Paul speaking, a Roman citizen, he knows or he knew what a seal is. Okay, if a governor seals an envelope, no one can open it unless somebody hired them, the governor. Right. So if the Holy Spirit is is the seal on us, it's got to take somebody higher than or bigger than the Holy Spirit to open it, to break the seal. Hmm. And so, well, give me anybody out there who who is stronger than the Holy Spirit, or has higher authority than the Holy Spirit to break that seal. Only God can open the seal. So if God is not going to break, he said, I, I will be with you forever and ever. Mm-hmm. He's never going to open or break that seal that is placed on us. So if he, nobody can break that seal, then I, I don't know who, who else. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I said that I don't think I can lose my salvation. No. Yeah. I, may, I may try. I may try. Like I said, the, the soteria, uh, uh, you know, explanation, uh, once, well, it's sad to use it, but uh, if Russia captures, able to capture uh, Ukraine mm-hmm. totally, and nobody's able to stand against them, who is going to take Ukraine from their hands? Right. It would take someone greater. Yeah. And Ukrainians cannot even take themselves from Russia's hands. Mm. So if Christ is my sota, has conquered this territory, and is keeping it and managing it, I cannot even take myself from his hand. Hmm. So that that's how I see it. I may try, try to, you know, go out there like the prodigal son, squander stuff, you know, mm-hmm. mess things up. But even while I'm out there make, make messing st- uh, stuff up, I'm still a prodigal son. Yeah. So the son is still in, in, in my name. Well, that's kind of like, I mean, you mentioned Hebrews that, you know, those who left us were never truly with yeah. us to begin. Yeah. Um, and I recognize that that is in reference to um, newly confessing Christians yeah. that were then going back to the sacrificial system. Exactly. And so exactly. when he says there is no sacrifice left to cover mm. you, 
Yeah. He's not saying if you fall away from God or you start willfully sinning mm-hmm. that you are no, no longer able to be saved. He's saying you're not going to find Jesus in the old sacrificial yeah. system. Yeah. It's only here with Christ that yeah. you can be covered. Exactly. And so I've always kind of wondered though, you know, my, I think my biggest evidence for like if somebody walks away from the faith, I look to Hebrews where he says, those who left us, those that went out from us were never truly yeah. with us to begin. Yeah. And I really think that explains A some lot. things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and he was right into the Hebrews. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, most of them had forgotten about what Paul and those people was preaching. They were in a kind of at a crossroad, either to go back to Judaism or Christianity. It's sort of like uh, Israel in the desert after yeah. leaving Egypt. Yeah. 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 So, and the writer is saying that actually people, so many people could not cross over. They crossed over, but they still had on to those beliefs. Right. And so he was writing to tell them, explain to them, remind them that, well, some of them went back because actually they didn't leave Judaism. No, they, they came to be part of us, but actually the heart wasn't here, was there. So we, it, it, so in that case, we Christians cannot use that and say that mm-hmm. you're going to lose your salvation or something like that, because actually they didn't even come over in the first place. Yeah. 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 And, and I guess, uh, you know, another way to look at it too, uh, like the sanctification process yeah. for those that truly do commit to Jesus um, and maybe their lives aren't looking all that great thus far, right? Um, I, I listen to some people that talk about how you know they come to Jesus and then all of a sudden all these things they'd been doing wrong for all these years, they just immediately had no more desire for that. Yeah. But I talk to so many more people that for years they're trying <laughs> to let go of things, kind of yeah. like you said in the beginning, they're trying to let go of things that they've been doing um, for their whole life, and now all yeah. of a sudden they don't agree with those things, and they're trying to let them go, but it's hard. It's hard. I just listened to Frank Turek, and I mean, it's an exaggeration what he says uh, in a way, but I really liked the way he put it. He said, "You know, it took forty days to get Egypt out of or uh, get Israel out of Egypt, but it took forty years yes. to get Egypt out of Israel." And I love that man. Yeah. I mean, that's so true. They're just yeah. walking around trying to unlearn yeah. all this baggage yeah. they've been carrying this yeah. whole time. And. Uh, um, I mean, at the end of the show, we we see that those who started the journey, lots of them didn't make it to the end. Right. Yeah. And it, it's all about, I mean, we talk about Caleb and jo- uh, Joshua. Mm-hmm. They were willing to let go. They were willing to let go of Egypt yeah. and, and embrace, you know, the Canaan land or something like that. So it, you might be a saved person, but let's say... There's a sin you enjoy doing, and you you make calculations. Okay, if I stop, what am I going to do? I mean, can I get something else to replace that sin? Right. And we we all do all these things before we let go. Right, right. If I cannot get any good good replacement, then I hold on to that. Right. Now that comes back to ministers. Mm-hmm. What messages are we preaching from the pulpit? Because I'll tell you. What goes on in the pulpit is what may help somebody to let go of the past. Mm-hmm. Because, like, for me especially, when I got to know that I'm a, I'm a new creature, going forward, everything that I did don't don't like don't affect me anymore because Christ has already forgiven me. 
There are things I may falter at, there are things I may wrong things I may do, but at the same time I'm a, I'm a saint. In the eyes of God, I'm a saint. And so that gave me, you know, kind of cancel out the desires that I had for those things that I used to do. Because mm-hmm. now, you know, uh, any any believer is supposed to be in the ministry in a way, in a certain way. Yeah. Some, yep. You know. It's not just for pastors. Christ was born like we say the son of God and everything, but he eventually became the servant, servant king, mm-hmm. something like that, which means he had to serve. If I'm a Christian, I have to serve. Now, when I'm serving, it, 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 I mean, it cancels out those desires that I used to have for other things. Because I now see myself that you've been born again to serve. What are you doing? The minutes or hours that I'm, I, I would have used for those things, I'm going to use it to equip myself because I have to go out there to serve. Mm-hmm. That that's what happened to me, right? So it's no, it's the desire is now to get anybody that I meet to hear, and my, my, for me, it's not just helping people to be saved, mm-hmm. but helping the saved people to know who they are in Christ, right? Because there are so many of them who are ignorant, right? That that's my goal now, right? And uh, there's, it's because because of that, I always have somebody to talk to, yeah. I have Christians to talk to because I have Christians who are holding on to Egypt. Mm-hmm. I need to help them to let go of Egypt and move forward in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So what comes out of a pulpit is very important. Oh, for sure. To help people to let go or hold on to that. And, and you said something in there too, um, kind of on like not – you need to focus on who you are in Christ mm-hmm. because that's – that's how you start to change, yeah. right? It's not by focusing on your sin. Exactly. Right? And we tend yeah. to do that. It's yeah. really easy to just keep obsessing. Yeah. and But really that's lust because you're giving yourself over to yeah. it. Even yeah. though you don't agree with it, you are letting it become your master. Yeah. And so like you can't do that. You, you just have to set your eyes on the things of God, yeah. on doing what's right, yeah. and your heart will start to change and then all that baggage will start to fall yeah. away. It's like uh, somebody gave an illustration. It says that you have a kid who goes to grade school or something like that, and you give the person some money audit in the morning. And uh, the person comes to you as a dad. So, Dad, I need money, my, my money for today. He said, uh, I'll put it in your pocket. Dad, I need money. I said, he said, I'll put it in your pocket. Well, Daddy, I need more money. I need, I'll put it in your pocket. So it's like I am struggling to say uh, to get my sins forgiven. Jesus said, "No, you are already forgiven." Father, forgive me, forgive me. He said, "Oh, you are already forgiven." So, if you don't get to that knowledge that you are already forgiven, then you will be you, you will all the time be asking for forgiveness, mm-hmm. and because you don't see anything, any result, then mm-hmm. that sometimes get people to be isolated, uh, depressed. Mm-hmm. And feel feel bad because they don't they don't they think they still have the baggage on them. Let me add to that. So yeah. I don't think it's bad though to keep asking for forgiveness. Yeah. Just like God already knows our desires and our needs, right? We're still to pray for them, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think I think it's good to go to God and and confess and ask for forgiveness continually. Okay. But 
I think you have to do it with the knowledge yeah. that I know he will forgive me if I come to him in true repentance and I, and I, I mean what I'm saying. I know that he's good on his word. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't need to be down on yourself. You don't mm-hmm. need to think how lowly and awful yeah. you are because you know who he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it's like a both. Yeah, so I said that because I, in a way I wanted to distinguish between the sin that you were forgiven to become a child of God. Yeah. And then the sins that you may do or commit afterwards. Mm-hmm. So the first one, which is the big one, you have already been delivered from the power of darkness mm-hmm. into his, the light of his son. Mm-hmm. And after that, after, until you renew your mind per- perfectly or something like that, you're going to falter here and there. All the time. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> for, so that one, you can continue to for, ask for forgiveness. Sure, sure. But the one that helped you to get, get you out of the, uh, uh, the power of darkness, that's already forgiven you. Yeah, you've already been yeah. granted salvation. Yeah. yeah. But you, now we ask for forgiveness out of love. Exactly. Right, because yeah. we appreciate him and we want to be like him and we don't want to hurt him, yeah. and uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, cool. So yeah, uh, going back to living in in the light, I, I believe that if you don't have this knowledge, mm-hmm. it's hard to live in the light. And I want to add to another aspect of living in the light, which is, uh, well, Matthew twenty eight verse twenty verse eighteen to twenty one. There about he says that. Below, uh, all power is given to me, and, uh, you know, I will be with you forever and ever. Jesus saying that. Now, Jesus says he's going to be with us forever. Meanwhile, he's going to heaven. Mm-hmm. So where is he? Well, how do I see him? Which tells me that it's, he's talking about supernatural, mm-hmm. something spiritual. And so going forward, as a believer, you've been given an assignment. Mm-hmm. You are going to live your life spiritually or supernaturally, even though you have this body on. And so to live in the light, another aspect is to live daily in the supernatural. Know that I don't see Christ sitting with me here, but he's in me and wherever I go. To the standard. So sometimes we do that. I, I know that uh, sometimes in a car accident, something like that, we say, Jesus, save me. Where are you? Why are you calling on Jesus? Even though you don't see him physically, it means you recognize that he's with you in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Which tells me that in our daily life, we don't have to wait until something strikes. But every day, every moment, we live our life supernaturally. Yeah. Thinking that Christ is with us. Christ is in us wherever we go. Yeah. And so one aspect of living in the light is to live supernaturally every day. And I think uh, it, it helps us to appreciate our brothers and sisters that we see Christ in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's in the movie The Apostle Paul where Luke is talking to Paul and he says, I remember the first time I saw you preach, I saw Christ. <laughs> and I just really like that. You know, yeah. that like Luke saw Jesus in what Paul was saying. Yeah. And we can do that too. I mean, there yeah. there are moments, man, yeah. when I'm talking to fellow believers where I'm just like, that is Jesus. That's not a yeah. person yeah. doing that right now. You know, yeah. that's that's not in human nature. And so like every day, every activity that we engage ourselves in every day, we have to recognize the fact that Christ is there with us. Mm-hmm. And when you get to know that, get to have that knowledge, even sinning, Ordinary sinning that I'm talking about. Sinning is hard to do because I know 
that is watching watching me. Mm-hmm. And if I love Christ and he's watching me, would I do that? Yeah. It, it, so it, that has helped me. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think we need to put it out there that living in a light entails a lot, but then it's not that difficult mm-hmm. or complicated. Yeah. When you recognize that Christ is with you right there. Yeah. I mean, while you are sleeping, he's there. Awake, he's there. Taking a shower, he's there. Even using the bathroom, he's there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Chris McFall was on a few episodes ago, um, and he and I were talking one day, and I forget who it was he was quoting, but he said they they would talk about Jesus um, saying, it's like he's handcuffed to me everywhere I go. Okay. And everywhere I go, I think to myself, do I feel comfortable taking Jesus there? Do I feel comfortable taking Jesus yeah. to that place? Is that right? Would yeah. I take Jesus there? Yeah. And I really like that mentality that yeah. Jesus is connected to my hip, and everywhere I go, he's coming with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's an African uh, pastor that is involved in healing ministry. Mm-hmm. So one time, I, I've always desired to have that kind of impact mm-hmm. on, in, the, in the body of Christ. So I, I listened to his one of his, uh, you know, what do you call it? Uh, uh, Podcast sermon, a sermon, mm-hmm. but it was like a testimony. Okay, and he said that when when these things are going on, I don't see myself doing it. I know Christ is there with me. It's the whole the spirit of Christ who is doing it. So I am saying that I tell him do it. This is your 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 work, mm-hmm. not me. I'm just here to let draw people here. But actually, you are doing a healing. And so you say that. It doesn't take too much faith to heal people if you recognize that Christ is there right there with you and he's right. going to touch people. It's the faith of Christ working. Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's not you. Yeah. You're not perfect. You're not that, that's yeah. that's a problem I have with uh, word of faith movements okay. that it's like you need more faith in yeah. order to do this. It's like yeah. no no, like yeah. I need Jesus because yeah. he can do this. Yeah. So he says that okay, Jesus is it's your work. To heal or not to heal. Mm-hmm. Me, I, I'm just a vessel. So mm-hmm. if somebody gets healed, fine. Some, if the person doesn't get healed, fine, because it's not me. It's his, it's his call. It's, it's his call. It's, he has to do that. And so he's not really worried about the result of his praying for people. Because he said, Christ, you touch my hand to this person. You heal or you don't heal. Not, not my business. You brought me here. You do it yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's his mentality. Yeah. And I'm trying to get there, but it's not easy. Yeah. So. Well, you know, uh, I, I, I talked about this once on this podcast before, but the one that just gets me is uh, in Acts, Peter walks up to the, the lame man mm-hmm. and the guy asks for money. And Peter says, I, I don't have money, but let me give you what I do have. Yeah. And he just picks him up by the hands and pulls him up to his feet and mm-hmm. the man can walk. I can't imagine <sighs> – it would be very hard for me to do that because so, what if it didn't work? Yeah. Then yeah. you look like an idiot. Yeah. I don't want to misrepresent God. Yeah. I don't want to make God look like he's not yeah. powerful. And you know, it, but like, but Peter knew that if he did it, yeah. that Jesus would heal him. That That's what I need to get crossover. That, that hurdle of accepting that it's not me. Now, if it doesn't happen, I shouldn't take the blame on myself. Because it's not me who doing, who is doing the healing, mm-hmm. but I need to cross over that that hurdle. So yeah, 
It's Christ who's doing it. It's, he's, he's the one who's saving. I mean, we can preach uh, so many hours, but the conversion or the conviction is by the Holy Spirit, not me. Mm-hmm. The only thing is that somebody has to preach. Mm-hmm. So it's not the amount of words you, you spew out there mm-hmm. or how stylish you are. You just say what he has for you. He's yeah. given you. Just say it. What's and the he, word say? Yeah, he has that. Yeah. He, he's taking care of the salvation. So Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah, so yeah, living in the light, again, we all can do that on a daily basis. If you recognize recognize who we are in Christ. Yeah. The position you know, another thing is this. We we've thought about a little bit. As a believer, I am justified. I am sanctified in the spirit. I am saved. Mm-hmm. Okay. Somebody has to know that. A believer has to know that. If you don't know this, then you would always beat yourself up and say, I'm nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and th- with that, it's hard for you to live in a light. Yeah. To live in Christ. You have to know that. And, and real quick, uh, just because... We, we have our churchy word segment. I don't know if you've ever heard any of those podcast no. episodes, but we'll talk about uh, how we've got a lot of words in the church we talk about that to non-believers, they would never understand those words. Mm-hmm. And so just to clear up, justification means you are made right with God legally. Yeah. You are legally right before God yeah. because of what Jesus did yeah. for you. Sanctification means you're being set apart and yeah. made into the image exactly. of Jesus. Yeah. And then what was the third one you said? It's saved. And we're Which, saved. Yeah. Uh, that one's yeah. easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're saved. saved from sin. We're yeah. saved from death and shame and, and all that and stuff. And justification gets me a lot because we're talking about legal issues here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we live in America, or let's say in the world, modern world. Mm-hmm. We know how what law does yeah. to any people in any specific country or whatever it is. Law detects everything. If it's a good society, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about where we have military people taking, you know. Mm-hmm. But any democracy, law is everything. Mm-hmm. Now, Jesus said, legally, you are mine. Yeah. Legally, you are mine. And I have given birth to you. I've birthed you, and you are mine forever. And I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you. So who else out there can you, I mean... If anything, then somebody, the plenty for whoever it is, should come up with a, a case to defeat what Christ is saying. Yeah. And then Christ is saying that, yes, indeed, this guy deserved to be dead, dead or something like that. This guy deserved to be in hell, something like that. But I have taken my, given myself as a payment Yeah. for whatever he did wrong. Yeah. So, and we call something jo- uh, double jeopardy or something like that, double jeopardy, like, if you if you oh, double jeopardy yeah yeah, yeah yeah if you incarcerate somebody you cannot do it again on the for the right, same right 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 yeah. yeah okay so I sinned I was supposed to be in hell and somebody said okay I'm going to take his place you cannot put me back in there because somebody's already saved my time for me right justification right yeah are we are are we are we is Jesus's righteousness getting pulled from us and then given back to us and pulled from us <laughs> given back, you know what I mean yeah, yeah. that'd be crazy yeah 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 <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, we, we got to know, we let people know that that salvation prayer that you said like two seconds or so, that is powerful. Sure. That is, okay, that's another aspect, which is deliverance. In so many churches, especially in Africa, they do de- deliverance services. Mm-hmm. But to me, from what I'm getting now, that time in you know, Colossians 
113, something like that, that we've been delivered from the power of darkness into the light of his son. That's where deliverance took place. Okay. Mm-hmm. We were delivered. Somebody was taking us somewhere, but uh, something had to, had to be paid. Uh, this is, the Bible says the wages of sin is dead, right? Mm-hmm. So the wages had to be paid. And somebody paid that wages for me. So he took me from that person's hand and said, this person is already paid for. I mean, I mean, the, whatever sin he committed is already taken care of. Mm-hmm. So we have to take him from this dark side to this side. Mm-hmm. And it's already delivered. It's not, you know, like some churches would have to want to pray and deliver a Christian from something, mm-hmm. which I don't get it anymore. Because the big uh, deliverance is already taking place. So if a, a believer is being hunted by demons or whatever it is, there's a way to go about it, like let a word get to the person, and the person will change his mind, renew his mind or her mind. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pray for deliverance on that person anymore because the Obadiah 17 says that we are, we are now in Zion, okay? We've been delivered. Now that, that we said we are now in the company of believers in Zion. The word there is like you were taken from one place to another place. So from the kingdom of the enemy into God's kingdom. That's a deliverance. Because a believer is already delivered from anything out there that could push a deliver down. It's already delivered from, the, from that thing. Yeah. So again, to live in the light... We got to know. We got to have some knowledge. It's it's knowing who you are. Knowing who you That's are. That's the Christ. start. Yeah, yeah. If you don't know who you are, you cannot live. You know, I think I told you earlier. If you don't know you are an American, you cannot live an American life. Yeah. So, you have to know who you are as an American. Right. Uh, I think you and I have talked about this before. Like, yeah. If I if I'm, you know, whatever French, and I move to America, yeah, and I move here and I become a citizen but I'm I'm living by the laws of France. Yeah. We're probably going to have some hiccups here. Exactly. There. I'm yeah. not being a very good American. <laughs> I'm I'm living like a French person and I yeah. am an American legally. Yeah. yeah. But everything about me says I'm not. Yeah. So somebody has to sit this this person down and say, "Look, this is the constitution. These are your rights. These are your responsibilities as an American now. So if you want to live in this land, let's say the if you live, want to live in the light, you have to know who you are, what do you have, what your responsibilities are. What does it mean to live in the light? Exactly, before you can live in the light. So yeah. there's so much knowledge that should be put out there. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Good stuff, dude. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on and talking right. about this. And All right. It's always good, and the audio will work this time. Please, <laughs> Jesus. Um if you guys have any questions for us, please uh, write us at saltysaints at becomehope.com or questions at becomehope.com. we got a couple of great other podcasts coming up these next couple weeks um, with Paul Cardall and Mary DeMuth. Um, please check those out. Uh, leave us a like, a comment, or apply a five-star rating, please, and thanks. And until next time, stay salty. It's a crazy world out there, moms and dads. I'm Katherine Seegers, host of Christian Parent, 
Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.